Hello guys, so today I'm going to talk about real estate investing um, in, market that, that, in markets that are coming up, I guess up in, upper, wait, wait, what do they call it? Um, up and coming markets, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, so up and coming markets are markets that are not already huge, like LA or San Francisco. So these are places like, in my opinion, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. You probably heard me say that before. Um, you know, there's a bunch of places like that uh, in the South, Oklahoma, or maybe even like Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, so this year, I think these places are gonna explode, uh, maybe this year or next year. And of course, there's always the risk of the economy tanking again, like 2008. Um, but, you know, um, except that happening, I think it will, those places will probably explode in the future in a good way. So, uh, yeah, so I think everyone should try to invest this early. Um, there's always a saying, you know, like you always want to buy the beachfront property before it becomes expensive. And this is, in my opinion, definitely the case. Uh, we have not seen the amazing growth uh, that we have seen in other places uh, like in California. Uh, so places like Memphis, Ohio, Cincinnati, those places are still very early days. So if you think about like Malibu, which is like one of the most expensive places in California, the beachfront the beach properties are extremely valuable and probably the most expensive real estate in the entire US. Um, they end up so but if you were there 100 years ago or even like seven years ago you would have been able to get all of that beachfront for almost like you know really really low amount of money so and now you would have been a millionaire so i feel like a lot of the country is in that state um and of course it's like a big big country so but the places that i just mentioned i, I think gonna be not going to be Malibu, obviously, but they're going to be, they're going to grow exponentially. Uh, so, and there's a lot of factors for that. Um, in my opinion, the Midwest in general is underrated uh, as the population grows, as the economy grows, as the Silicon Valley becomes more and more saturated. All these people will move out. Uh, California has the, mm, California has the biggest number of people leaving compared to any other state. So all this population outflow out of these rich states, they're gonna end up in other places and they're gonna turn everything around and turn everything much more expensive for everyone in those places. So I think a lot of people already moved to Arizona, to Utah, so I think they're a little too late to go invest in those places, but, uh, but if you keep going, Midwest, there are many, many places that are still incredible opportunities if you're a real estate investor and absolutely should keep going there and invest all your money. Of course, not all your money, but like if you're going to buy a house for, you know, $500,000 in California with $100,000 down payment, you should take that money instead of like living in that house, you should take that $100,000, got to put it into the rental properties in Memphis. And that's like the smartest thing I think anyone can do if they have cash. Now, I don't think you should put in real estate. I don't think you should take it to Vegas. I don't think you should do anything stupid. So, but ultimately getting that money 
to make more money for you is obviously like the essence of real estate investment and investing and you should keep in mind that when you take that hundred thousand dollars and go to Memphis you probably gonna end up buying minimum three or four properties that are not gonna be absolutely gorgeous properties obviously they're gonna be the absolute best money for value um, properties that you can buy and what I mean by that is if you didn't buy anything more expensive it's not, it's not going to be justified to pay that much money for something that's not going to generate as much revenue. But if you're going to, if you hover around that $30,000, $40,000 bar park and buy, you know, two, three, four properties with $100,000 uh, cash that you got, then you're going to be able to cap uh, or generate a cap rate of around 15% or so minimum. And, uh, but you know, if you go higher than that, then you're probably not going to increase your cap rate. If anything, you're going to decrease that cap rate. So it's always better to diversify and buy as many properties as possible as long as you're not sacrificing your cap rate, which you're not. In this case, that's the sweet spot, I think. $40,000 is the sweet spot. If you're going to invest in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, you can get a residential place for you know, $40,000, three bedroom, two bath. It's going to be, you know, it's going to need some work maybe, like two to $5,000 to fix it up. But then after that, you can rent that for six hundred or seven hundred dollars a month. That will give you a nice cap rate. So, and if you don't know what the cap rate is, you should definitely go check out my other video that I have. It's called Cap Rate. Just go search for it. It's called How to Calculate Cap Rate? Question mark, and it's on YouTube. And uh, anyway, so the beauty of taking that hundred thousand dollars and going to put into like three properties that are going to generate cash. First of all, you're getting that cash flow. And this term cash flow has been used so many times. If feel like in real estate, and nobody really explains what, why they call it cash flow. I really hate the, the term cash flow. It's like, so what does the cash flow mean? Cash flow out of my pocket, into my pocket? There's many different ways to interpret that, so it's not very clear what it means. But most people mean when they say cash flow, what, that, by, what they mean by that is that you're going to make money with your money. So your money is going to generate some profit and in this case I refer to it as cap rate so if cap rate is like 20% um, with $100,000 you're gonna make $20,000 a year and you want to maximize that percentage obviously as much as possible so so that's what cap rate is and that's what the cash flowing property will give you it will give you a good positive cash flow and um, so what you can do after that now that you have $100,000 into money-making properties that give you income every year you can write off a bunch of stuff um, I made another video on that um, it's um, it has to do with like how much money you will save by writing off the expenses like that three thousand dollars that you're going to spend to fix the place that's a complete write-off the fact that you have to fly there to check on the property all your travel expenses are a write-off and the fact that you have to you know, drive your car around to go pick up something to fix things. Um, even if it's something super small, that's you can write off a big percentage of your vehicle's uh, total price uh, because you're using those miles. And so you have to talk to your tax, a tax a CPA and accountant to make sure that you're maximizing those tax benefits. And then on top of that, now that you have that cash flowing property, it's pretty safe. A house 
is probably one of the most stable things that you can invest your money in and banks love it for that reason because it's low risk if you were to buy a ferrari that might, that car is a very very risky investment and nobody will use it as a collateral to the same extent that they use a property um, or a house as a collateral and the reason for that is because first of all it depreciates extremely quickly if you have a ferrari you could get into a a um uh, it's completely there's nothing the bank can do uh, to come after you um, but in the case of a house the house is sitting there nobody's touching it and that's your ultimately like the bank can just go and grab the house but if you have a Ferrari you could just drive it to Mexico or Canada I don't know and it's gone so who knows what's gonna happen to that so the banks don't like that as much so they will give you loans if you're looking to get loans if you want to get a um, so if you put in your hundred thousand dollars into multiple properties now you can go to the bank and this is the second point which is the beauty of investing in real estate uh, take the hundred thousand dollars put into three properties okay so now you have your rental income coming in and then you go to a bank like, hey bank how's it going I have three properties and I have 100% equity into those properties and they are generating income every single month and here's what it looks like here's the income um, I guess the rent roll and uh, the bank looks at it it's like okay so let's check your credit they check your credit make sure you have a decent enough credit but like I said it's a relatively easy process it's much easier than getting a loan for a car for example uh, so you go to banks like I want a loan and they give you a loan up to 80%, sometimes 85%, some banks are 75%, either way. You take out four-fifths of your money, so that in this case is $100,000, it'd be 80K. You can refinance your house, 100% equity, all your houses, and take out 80K, right? You can just take it out. Now, of course, you have to then pay the bank every month, just like a normal mortgage or a normal loan take out a 20-year or 30-year mortgage refinance and uh, keep paying that payment but oftentimes as long as you have a 20% cap rate as I talked about at the beginning you end up still cash flowing even though you took out 80% of your equity and got a loan so even though you you're taking that loan let's say the loan is gonna end up being I don't know like it's probably gonna be like two thousand dollars but your properties altogether probably going to be making $2,800 um, rental income per month. But your loan is only $2,000. So you're still getting $800 extra every single month. And so, but then on top of that, you have $80,000 that you just took out. Now, my math is obviously completely wrong, but it is the concept that matters. So I definitely believe if you actually do the numbers, and please do the numbers if you're going to do this. Uh, most often, if you take out 80% equity, you will come out positive. So you still cash flow. And so that, and that's beautiful because now you can take that $80,000 and put it into other properties. You can just keep doing the same thing, right? And go buy two more properties at $40,000. Have those cash flow, have those rental income. And then you go do the same thing again with those properties, 80%, repeat, repeat, repeat. And, okay, so, but that's like, of course, it will also increase your um, 
cap rate. So the fact that you're taking money out of those properties, it will ironically and probably counterintuitively increase that 20% cap rate that you had previously if you were using 100% equity, which you did at the, at the very beginning. And so the reason for that is because you usually can get a really good rate from the bank. Uh, the interest rates are extremely low uh, when you when it comes to mortgages. Uh, people can get eight uh, percent on a refinance. Uh, you know, like five to ten percent is normal. And you know, now you're talking about now your properties are making more money. Uh, so you were like at twenty percent, but now you're saying, okay, bank, I give me your money at eight percent. But like I know how to make money, with, I know how to make twenty percent with money, as much money as I can get my hands on. I know how to make twenty, right? Twenty percent. That's what that's where you were at when you started. So now the bank says, okay, but now you have to only give me eight percent. So you're at plus twenty, and the bank is minus eight, right? So the bank is minus eight, and you're plus twenty. The difference is sixteen percent. So you come ahead sixteen percent on the money that you borrowed from the bank on your original money whatever is left equity in the house, you're making 20%. So the average of that is the total value of the whole thing. But then since you now you took 80% of the money out, you have less equity. So therefore, now you have to calculate the rental income based on $20,000 or the 20% equity that you still have left in there. And that will bump up your, cash, uh, your cap rate. Which is incredible. So now you could be talking about twenty five percent, thirty percent cap rate instead of twenty or fifteen percent cap rate, and this is incredible. Even though you took money out, um, your cap rate still went up because you borrowed that money, extra money at such a low interest rate. And it's beautiful. You know, it's amazing how cap rate will make a big difference. But you can't do that in LA, for example, because like your cash flow is not never going to be even close to ten percent. It's always going to hover around 3% if you're lucky, 3 or 4% right now. So if you're going to borrow money from the bank, now it's like 6% to the bank, but you're making 3%. So you're going to be in, in negative, in minus 3% if you're lucky, and you end up paying something extra out of your pocket every month. And that will definitely lower your cap rate after you take out, take out the equity. So that's the beauty of it. And then on top of that, now that you are 25 30%, after you borrow money, you know, like I said, the, the step that I'm not going to get into is like you can take that $8,000, reinvest it into other properties. But then the other thing I have to pay attention to is without, like, forgetting about that $8,000, you're paying back the loan, right? Because every month that you're, you're paying the loan, every time that you get the rental income, uh, since you're cash flowing, cash flowing, and you have positive cash flow, that means what does that positive cash flow mean? The positive cash flow is the difference between the rental income minus the whatever amount monthly payment you're making to the bank for the mortgage. And so that number is positive. The delta is positive. That's the cash flow. And so, but what that means is also that you're making payments to the bank to pay off that mortgage over 20 years or 30 years or how long ever it's going to be. So after that period of time, you're going to end up 
every every single month you're making some money right because you're positive cash flow but on top of that after the 20 years you have paid off the property right so like the hundred thousand property that you took eighty thousand dollars out of it's going to be paid off over 20 years so you have to therefore take the hundred thousand dollars divided by 20 roughly and i'm going to get into the details in a second but basically take the hundred thousand dollars because that's the value of the houses that you bought um divided by 20 years and then that's how much extra money you're gonna you have to take into consideration that's like you making that extra money as well and so you divided whether you get hundred thousand divided by 20 you're probably going to get like extra uh five thousand no wait five thousand yeah i think like it's five thousand dollars a year so five thousand dollars a year added to how much ever you were making from the cash flow and that will significantly increase your cash flow uh, cap rate. So if before it was like 30% or 25%, now you suddenly jump to 45, 50%. Because now you have the, um, the fact that you're paying off the bank over 20 years and basically your renter, your tenants are paying them off. The renters are paying off the bank. Um, and then you are still making your cash flow. Um, so uh, the the bank is going to have to, uh, so the banks, how they operate is like they charge interest first and then they, they so like the payments that you're making for the mortgage, uh, it goes toward the interest for the first half, I think, of the duration of the mortgage. So if it's like a 20-year mortgage, the first 10 years is going to be majority, the other, uh, the payments that you're making, majority, the majority of that payment goes toward the interest, to pay off the interest. And the rest of it goes toward the equity to pay off the principal. So usually when you get a mortgage at like 8% or whatever, you end up borrowing twice as much money at the end of that period. Like not borrowing, but like you end up paying twice as much money as you borrowed, roughly, roughly speaking. So if you're gonna borrow $40,000 to, you know, for to buy a house or refinance or whatever, um, at the end of that 20 years, or 30 years, you pay $80,000. Like all the monthly mortgage payments that you make, it's gonna add up to $80,000. So usually you multiply by two, and that's the, because half of it is interest, half of it is roughly the principal that you bought with. And um, so that's like how you should think about it. But like the, the way it works is like most, like the first month of your mortgage, that is like a 20 year mortgage, uh, the first month, 99% of that payment that you're going to make to the bank goes toward the interest only. And then over time, it becomes like 98%, 95%, and then 70 60%. And then it becomes 50% after 10 years, and then like 40%, and now you have 60% for the principal. And so as you can imagine, the curves uh, crossing each other at some point, but you get more and more equity as you wait longer so um and that's the reason that what i said about increasing your cap rate um is not going to work until at least you wait a few years uh before you can see that uh the change in uh the percentage or the ratio of the interest versus principal changing um over time so like you have to give it some time before you have that sudden increase in 
um, your cap rate. So you still have your cap rate at 25% or 30%, and then like year one is gonna be maybe like 31%, a little bit more, and then like year two is gonna be like 35%, and then year three, four, five, maybe 40%, and then year 10, and so on. It's gonna be around uh, 47, 48, something like that. And then it's gonna go over, uh, it's gonna keep going up over time until it, it caps out at, at like a, probably like 55% or something, uh, depending on your interest rate and a bunch of other factors, but that's totally doable. Um, so yeah, that's like a quick overview. And then, you know, this is like the most important thing, right? You've got to do these numbers. They're multiple variables, but these are the basics. These are the most important parts. A, you're cash flowing. B, you can refinance, take out your equity, go put in other investment properties. And that will, it's called compound interest. I'm not going to get into that. But um, then ultimately, and then finally, you have the, the fact that you, you borrow that money and now you're paying it off over 20 years and that will increase your cap rate even more. And this is not a small thing. This is a huge thing. And, uh, but then again, its effect is not going to be visible until the year uh, fourth or fifth after you get the mortgage. Uh, then, then you're going to see the significance more. Um, just the way the math works and the way the mortgages are structured. So you should definitely look into all the, thing, the things that I said. If you want me to make more videos about like the specifics of each step that I talk about, please let me know. I would love to uh, just let you guys know um, more about these things if, if you want. But anyway, uh, smash that like button and I'll see you in the next one.